Motley Crue, a CMA roundup, including the controversy over Entertainer of the Year, and a whole lot more today on a Kitchen Sink episode of the Music Universe podcast. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. How about you, Mike? <laughs> What's my name? What's my... <laughs> What's... We're leaving that in. What's my name? You've oh, only geez, known me for, for four so years, three years. Geez, sorry, Matt. I am... Uh, no, he's looking I'm, at something on the screen, I'm sure, that I, says Mike for microphone, and that's, that's how no, that happened. No, I'm not really, but I am just, I don't know. Dead I, tired from the move? Absolutely. And well, everything else going on, so... Um, oh, I know the feeling. This is actually, I realized today, why do I feel like everything's just stopped? This is my first weekend that I've not been on the go in some capacity for at least three weeks. Because because a few weeks ago, um, I, I had come into the city for something, and then I had to go back home to PA for the weekend. And then the following weekend, I went to Disney. And now this is like the last, the first weekend I've had, like not crazy in forever. And I can't even think beyond that weekend where I had to go home to pack to come back for Disney. So it's crazy. And now I have a new job and another vacation coming up. I have this uh, cruise that I'm going on in a week and it's nuts because, you know, when you live a freelancer lifestyle, you don't expect to actually get a full-time job. And when it happens, it's like the crown jewel because you want to hold on to it. They've hired you for what you've, you've been doing freelance and now you're a part of a company and organization and you want to hold on to it, but they have to work around these conflicts that you planned because you didn't expect to get picked up. So it's, it's really, really been a crazy, crazy almost two months. And after this cruise, it'll finally slow down a little bit. So sounds exhausting. Well, your move sounds exhausting. Yeah, I'm still unpacking. You know, people have told me, several people have told me I'm gonna be taking about the next year before I finally get everything unpacked. I'm like, don't tell me that. I'm tired of boxes. I'm working on it. I'm I'm doing stuff. It seems like every day I, I finally got my office together with stuff hung up and kind of rearranged the way things were hung up because I just didn't have enough room and uh, I, I'm making it work. So it's it's happening, you know, and then working a full time job along with doing the website and getting the kid off to school and then picking her up. And it's just it's crazy. But Nuts. you know what? Life's happening life. and mm-hmm. we're we're enjoying it. And, you know, the holidays are uh, here. We have Thanksgiving and uh, then obviously Christmas and New Year's. So we've got, uh, I can't say it's going to be relaxing, but uh, we're, we're going to do what we can on that front and just keep pushing forward. No, I totally understand. And I'll tell you this. I'll tell you what happened. I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast before or if I just told you this pri- privately, but, you know, my parents moved into their home 17 years ago now, probably. And there were boxes upon boxes in our basement that they never went through. And they just ended up spending money to build a garage to move from the basement to the garage. So it's been 17 years and they still didn't fully unpack. So don't expect to ever be done. (laughs) Oh, I know. There's stuff I know I don't have room for that I've come across. My mom's given my daughter a bunch of uh, dolls that she's collected over the years. And I feel bad that they're in a couple of storage containers out there, but I don't have anywhere to put them. 
Well, let me ask you this. With all this busyness, are you going to make time to go see Motley Crue when uh, they finally kick it up again? You know what? I'm, uh, I'm probably going to do it. My daughter, believe it or not, has become a fan. Um, of Motley Crue. Yes. Oh, yes. God. I fear, she, I, she, I fear for the she, world when she becomes an she, adult. She wants a uh, Motley Crue t-shirt for Christmas. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, there's only one that I found is even remotely appropriate, and it's it's a girl's, and it says, Motley Crue, kickstart my, and it's got a heart. Aw, that's but great. But I won't let her get the Dr. Feelgood one. No. We know what that's about. <laughs> no. You know, I said I so. fear for the world when your daughter becomes an adult, because there will be no stopping that woman. She will have been raised on great music. She will uh, have known how to kick butt. She knows how to kick butt and she's not even 10 years old. Uh, No, no, she's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, She already is. So just as she gets older, it's going to be gives you a run for your money. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, why are you so obsessed with, you've been mentioning this story though to me for like the last week as we've been trying to organize doing this episode. Why is this such so much? I don't follow them. I know some of their songs. I have the countryfied version of their of the. the I have the country tribute album, eh. and that's it. Eh. Why is this such big news? Uh, well, back in uh, January 2014, they signed a uh, cessation of touring agreement, meaning they they were done touring. Mm-hmm. They launched their final tour. Uh, the final show was December 31st, 2015 at uh, the Staples Center here in L.A., and they were done. Like, they were completely done. I think VIP packages to meet them were, like, super stupid expensive, maybe five grand. I, I don't know. I've just been reading some stuff about it. Um, I think that was somewhere in that price, 2500 something like that. And th- they just said, you know what? We're done. We're not doing this anymore. We're going to get a lot of egg in our face if we ever do try to do this. And there's only one way around it, and that's all four of us must agree to it. But you know what? No amount of money is going to have us do this anymore. We're, we're absolutely done, whatever. Then they go and make this movie called The Dirt. Mm-hmm. Breaks records on Netflix, and they get a new surge of audience. And now the rules they've always broken... They break again by literally blowing this thing up and getting back together for next year. Now, the rumors indicate they're going to tour with Def Leppard and Poison uh, stadium tours throughout the country. So you're looking at six years after signing and constantly reassuring fans, we're not doing this anymore. We're going to, you know, we might record together. We might do some appearances, but there's not going to be another tour. Mm-hmm. They're doing it again. They they said they don't want to be like Kiss and everybody else who's like, oh, this is our final tour, yet reunite. Yeah. So it's a big deal because there's been rumors floating around. And literally an hour after I published the rumors that they were going to tour next year, I get the press release saying they're back. But it didn't announce Def Leppard. It didn't announce the other it did not. bands well that, it, it did not yet that might it just says they're back and that they've destroyed that touring agreement and it's due to the dirt uh the success of the dirt and um you know that that they want to do this again so it's it's rather interesting um i don't know how i feel about it i've never seen them live but it kind of 
I think takes away from the experience that people thought they were having on this last tour mm. that, you know, can I don't know. have it again. Anybody who goes into a final tour thinking that it really is it is a sucker. You know, I, yeah. when you are an artist and, and, and you know this from what we've watched and what we've seen, you can't stop. And exactly. even when kind of our sort of our sort of guidepost for judging artists, when Garth went on his hiatus, he said, "We'll kick it up again. I can't stop, but I got to go be a dad." So they that, don't. That's a little different. It is, but anytime an artist says, "But it's a little different," but it was also a little more honest. Anytime an artist says, "This is right. it, goodbye," it's in their blood. They can't stop and it's not about the money the cynicism becomes oh well you say goodbye what's this about the money no it's about creative fulfillment these people have been rock stars for decades it's really it shapes who you are it will be 35 years for them next year right it shapes who you are and when you put that away you get restless you you know it's i mean they they all were doing other things too but it's still it's still something that you know, they, they they can't help. I mean, they're the world's most notorious rock band. They've been through hell and back in so many different ways, so many different times. I mean, look at these guys. You, you mm-hmm. can tell yeah. they're, they're, they've been roughed up, but they don't care. That's who they are. And if... Have you seen the movie? No. You, you should watch it. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a fan or not, you should watch it. Um, I was a fan anyway. I was looking forward to it. I mean, the opening scene is just unbelievable, and it it follows the book. You know, they, they go back and forth. It doesn't necessarily follow a direct timeline. Mm-hmm. From you know, I've never read the book because I'm not much of a reader, but I like the movie. Right. And uh, it just it's a different it's different for sure, and it takes you into their lives. Now they don't obviously play each other. Or play themselves. They they hired actors, including Machine Gun Kelly, who's playing uh, Tommy Lee, and narrating the new Motley Crue's back video. But um, you know, it, it was a really good film. I, I liked it. Now their uh, music has <laughs> check this out: almost three hundred fifty percent increase in streams. Wow! When that film debuted, why did so it, it cross appeal? Why did audience. it cross appeal? Wasn't that shouldn't that have been fan service film? just for Motley Crue fans? How did it revitalize I, I them think, if it was just about them? you know. Well, it, it was a biopic, and obviously so many people have Netflix now that it was just so interesting, and they talked a lot of hype. This film, they've been trying to make it since 2002. Yeah. So it, they've long been talking about it. They released four new songs that they went in and recorded for it, including, and I don't know why they included this, a cover of Madonna's Like a Virgin. Motley Crue singing Like a Virgin just doesn't go together. Oh, it could be tongue-in-cheek. It could be tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, but you- I know, I know. But it's it's funny. So I, I did get the soundtrack. It's pretty good. It's just some of their greatest hits with some new songs on it. But, um, you know, I, I'm excited, I think. I, I mean, I've been a big Poison fan forever, and I've seen them like five times. So I just hope they come within a reasonable drive for me. Um, and um, I, I think it'll be a great show. 
I hope so. And, you know, speaking of bands that I want to see tour again, you know, Toto's going on a little break. Just going to mention this really quick before we transition to our sort of main story here. Um, I would love to see Rush tour again. They were, I saw them in like 10 years ago, but now that I'm a music journalist and I kind of understand where they fit within music and within culture, I'd love to see Mm -hmm. them tour again. But I'd love to see them tour with Toto as co-headliners. Oh, wow. Uh, I think it's two sides of the same coins. Bands that have die-hard fan bases that never really got respect but are now going to be missed for for what they were. So, anyway, we got to get to it uh, because we don't want to go on very, very long today. The CMAs this year were crazy. Crazy. Old Town Road. Lil Nas X becomes the first black gay... And I think first the first openly gay artist to win a CMA. That wow. is was incredible. Um, and then of course we had Reba singing "Fancy," and that blew up. That broke the internet. It did, but I I, I think it was too early in the show. It was thirty minutes into the show, and she performed. Uh, I, it that was more of a closing number, considering she stripped literally twice. <laughs> I I can see <laughs> that. I, I enjoyed it. It was a great show. I, I thought being um, being that it's her signature song, and I just I expected it later in the show. It's mm-hmm. still a great performance. Anything Reba does, I'm I'm on top of. Well, it. they had three hosts but, to get through, and most of the younger yeah. fan base was probably there for Carrie or Dolly. You know, uh, sad to say that maybe they did it in order because you know whenever Garth performs, he's always in the la- he's always in the back end because. Once Garth performs, click. You know, it's yeah, and and it was um, he and Blake performed Dive Bar last. They were the last performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now the thing. So maybe, maybe it was. You know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe it was a good idea that she was up front because it broke the internet. A lot of people have been talking about her, mm-hmm. and uh, it rekindles that interest you know, in her. Uh, it rekindles interest in her, and she has yeah. a. a to what I call the too small tour coming up <laughs> because it goes nowhere but the Midwest and oh, I know it's not even coming near me and the South and it's like Reba your fans are all over the country you were just here at the casino I saw you please uh, please come here <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and it's tour. the first time she's ever offered VIP for uh, yeah, the tour they say that but she was posting pictures of, P- of VIP meet and greets at these one-offs Okay, she does meet with people um, through her, um, uh, most of them, as of late, have been through radio contests, or maybe social media contests, but they they were never, she stopped doing the meet and greets for the most part, Mm -hmm. uh, like uh, in 95, after the 95 tour, because she just got so big. When I saw her, and I was backstage, we, we were literally in the stands, there were over 700 of us. Yeah, but do you want to tell us about that? That were there. Yeah, what about it? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I was 11. I ran off from my aunt. Kind of got like, hey, don't do that. But uh, I touched her hand, gave her a package I had for her. She said, thank uh-huh. you, darling. Nice to see you, too. I waited. My aunt's like, where'd you go? I go, I went to meet Reba. Aw. So Aww. she kind of she kind of let me go because of that. <laughs> but... Um, 
Yeah, so um, she stopped doing that, and then now they're doing the VIP, and I believe tickets or the VIP passes are like a thousand dollars. But you also get a little um, a little tour of her um, kind of country music hall of fame mm-hmm. s- stuff um, and some other things too. So it's really cool. interesting. Now I want to talk about that CMA performance, and I want to talk about set design. And yes, we're not going to tiptoe around this. Um, folks, it was the statue. That, <laughs> that was the statue. For those of you saying it looked like a vagina, <laughs> the statue is well, a point. the statue looks like a vagina. What? Then the statue looks like a no, vagina. No, the statue just looks like a crystal, a crystal, uh, like an ice crystal. The problem is, yes. the problem is when they were, the way they designed the opening for the for the host to go through the tunnel there, it, it did cropped in and looked out of context in the close-up shots. Yes, that it did look like that part of a fe- part of female anatomy, and I think in part because it was like repeating to give the depth of the tunnel and do all the double entendres you want. I don't care. I'm trying to talk about this, yes. and I'm just I'm just playing it straight. I don't care, because um, I'm not. And vaginas scare me anyway. So. Um, <laughs> it just it, it did look it did look like that i don't know i don't think it was intentional i think they should have been smarter year of the woman we all have dirty minds you're not going to tell me somebody didn't notice that so you know i don't think it was intentional but like come on people know how the internet thinks you know yeah that that was a little ridiculous but even more ridiculous than that the cma entertainer of the year argument yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It, it's people make arguments up because social media gives everyone a platform now to speak their minds, and that's not always a good thing. Like Garth did not choose to be even nominated, but definitely not named. It's a voting thing, so mm-hmm. to give him all this flack for it is not fair to him. Mm-hmm. Wait, the e- Entertainer of the Year is fan voted? No, it's voted by the industry. Right, that's what I thought. But you've got all these people that are, you know, fans of Carrie, fans of Eric, fans of whoever, saying, oh, well, they were screwed. Garth shouldn't have got it. Mm-hmm. Garth, you know, they're giving him hell when it's. What did he do wrong? Right. You know? Yep. He didn't do anything wrong. He's out there selling out shows and maybe he does a very unconventional way of doing that but they're still sellouts and they're stadiums mm-hmm. they're 80 plus thousand people in some of these including knoxville last weekend of like eighty three thousand people yeah maybe even more than eighty four thousand showed up once they lifted the production seats so he's not doing anything wrong he's out there performing it's not like he took no uh, the year off, and all of a sudden he's Entertainer of the Year. That I could understand, but that's not what happened, people. So let's get over ourselves. Right. Somebody put it best. I think it was. I actually think it may have been Trigger, who put it best, unbelievably, on Saving Country Music. And he said, I think it was him who said, the awards are flawed because they reflect the moment. They don't reflect the fact that Carrie has hosted X amount of times, that Eric does these marathon shows. They reflect the moment. And at the moment, Garth is selling out these stadiums to record crowds. I mean, he's doing Taylor Swift numbers 
at these. He's beating Taylor Swift numbers at these stadiums. Yeah. yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. But he's he's not doing anything wrong. Yes, maybe he doesn't announce all of his tour dates at once, and that might flock more people going to one show over another. Right. But he's always done that. Now here's, he did that in the 90s. So there's nothing different. He's not doing anything different than he's done before. And there have been times he does announce, well, this time last year, he announced five stadium shows at once. So right. he, he announces cities. So what... So everybody knew then, hey, he's coming here, 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 and here. Mm-hmm. Well, so what you're I think, still going to end up going. What I think you're you articulating know? is he's a better marketer than all of them. He has the marketing thing down. Um, there you go. He has the advertisement thing down. But the question is, should that be factored into an award for country music and country music fan base because he knows how to game the system just a little bit better than everybody else? As it stands now, yes. Here's my idea. If the Academy were really interested in being a platform for new artists to to have their thing and, and retire retire older people that keep coming back and winning it, winning awards, mm-hmm. what I said that they could do as a way to respect Garth and as a way to f- shift the focus to the younger people is that they could retire Garth at seven. It's going to take people... I think it could take a few years for somebody to get or best his record. Fine. I don't know if Garth cares about the number of Entertainer of the Year trophies. He might. He might not. If the Academy were really interested in being like, Garth, you're coming in and you're stealing everybody's... You know, you're stealing the limelight from everybody and that's just not right. You, you wash every year and you make it pointless for all these other artists to even compete. What we're going to do is we're going to retire you and we're going to name an award after you called the Garth Brooks Entertainer of a Lifetime Legacy Award and you're going to be the first recipient and then every 20, 10 or 20 years they could give it out to somebody who has consistently performed throughout a decade or more. That's how I think they could do it. Make it not just an award they give out every year and it's Garth is the first. Make it an award they don't give out unless it's really, really something. And I think they already do that with Artist of the Decade, but if they wanted yeah. if they wanted to do something with the Entertainer of a Decade, because Artist is about recording, to me, Entertainer, it's all about live. So, you know, if they were really concerned with the fact that he keeps swooping in, that's the classiest way to do it, and I think Garth being Garth, he would, he would fall over crying at the honor. You know, I, 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 and I understand that. I, I disagree because I don't think it's fair to Garth or his crew or fans that he be excluded from moving forward just because he's won so many. I, I don't, I don't see that. I, I, I think everybody just needs to grow up, stop being a baby because you. Oh, I agree win. with you there. And as it stands and now, I'm talking about if the academy, if the academy's motives were. Oh God, here we go again. You know, we're we're sick of the oh God, here we go again. If if the Academy thought that the fan reaction was a problem, that is the classy way for them. I don't think it's something they should do. I think he has every right to compete. I just think it's the easiest answer if it really has become this big of an issue, but I don't think it has. I don't think it has. I and I don't know why it has. I mean, it it's silly. And yes, Eric did kind of dog Garth on stage, but Garth, you know, 
responded to it. Um, I'm not sure where this interview was. Oh, it was um, in it was Nash 93 uh, one. Um, I'm not sure what uh, city that's in, but Nash FM 931. Um, he was asked about you know holding your tongue, and he he mentioned he didn't say Eric by name, but he said E, mm-hmm. and uh, just said you know that he's heard from Eric directly that it doesn't bother him, but then apparently Friday night after the awards because you know he's been doing the Friday and Saturday shows Eric has. He said they pissed off the wrong fans. That's perfect because if our name hadn't been called, guards like then in Knoxville, there would have been the same signs too. Same signs. So you know it. It doesn't really matter. I don't think to him. I mean, yes, who doesn't want it? Who doesn't want to have the record for that? Great. Let it keep going. I don't think the academy should do anything differently because it just makes them cave to changing their ways. To stop it, all the controversy, I think it's a question. I think I think what I've been trying to articulate here is, I think the fans got upset because they don't know what the academy's ways are. Is it everybody, or is it the cultural moment? And I think the fans okay. of all these other people. Now let me finish. I think the fans of all these other people don't. All these other artists don't necessarily travel in Garth circles, so they kind of look at him like a legacy artist and how is he doing all these numbers. And so I think the Academy's intent is confusing, and I think if the intent is to focus on these newer artists, then they need to clarify that and and handle the Garth situation accordingly. Because you don't see Dolly Parton getting nominated for Entertainer of the Year. You don't see Crystal Gale, and she's out touring. Loretta Lynn is killing it when she goes on the road is Garth. Garth is the only legacy artist right now that is up there. Mm-hmm. And it can be confusing to people who don't understand what the mission of the Academy is. So that's why you have the tension. If it was, uh, if they said, oh, this is everybody and y'all have a shot. Okay. That's how I think of it. So, Well, they're, the CMA's Country Music Association's mission statement is to heighten the awareness of country music and support its ongoing growth by recognizing excellence in the genre, serving as a repository for critical and timely information and communication while providing a forum for industry leadership dialogue towards its goals. Now, they have over 7,400 members of the CMA. So all of these members can vote, and that's how they get their nominations. And then those from the nominations, those people vote on who ends up winning. Mm-hmm. So Garth just happened to get the most votes. We don't know if that's by one vote or a hundred votes or a thousand votes. We don't know because they don't reveal that info. But then the CMA has no idea who wins till that envelope is open because a third party handles all of that. Yeah, like that. So... It, it's it, it, there's really nothing different they should do, I don't mm-hmm. believe, because yeah. it's not the CMA voting, it's the members and their industry professionals, whether they be radio, they be uh, artists themselves, mm-hmm. uh, crew members, whoever. They, they've got to be active in some way yeah. in the industry. I mean, we could join and vote ourselves if we wanted to. And, um, you know, it, it's about that membership. And... I, that's who votes. So nothing is fan voted, but yet the fans blame the artist that wins when their artist doesn't win, and right. that's not right. 
Yeah, I agree. So we can wrap that there. I saw Garth uh, last week. I saw him on Tuesday at Good Morning America. Didn't get to say hi. Typically, sometimes there's a way, because, you know, there's one way in, one way out. You get to say hi, and he kind of recognizes me. But we were at Good Morning America, and he was there and had the guitar. We, he did the river, and we all sang back to him. It was fun. I have to tell you, he looks good. He looks really, he looks like he lost a lot of weight. It doesn't yeah. show on camera, but it really looks like he's... He's down several pounds from even when I saw him in 2017. Um, so I think uh, Trisha is starving him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, you... It's you, those tailgates. You saw me in uh, the audience, and you wanted to make a little comment and let the, our listeners know uh, what I look like. I did. I said, um, I saw you, and I'm like, a little... Uh, know, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, getting a little bald there, right? I have been since I was born. It's just been ever since I had hair. It just started going the other direction. I got it. And well, may- maybe if you grow it out like me, it'll cover it. Okay, there are some mean, greasy things I could say <laughs> about your hair, but gee, thanks. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. It was fun. And then, uh, okay, get this. We think in our investigation, and if somebody from Team Garth wants to figure this out, we think Garth did GMA on a Tuesday. And and Sarah, uh, Sarah and Mike and Kiki, whatever it is, Michael and yeah. Sarah, Strahan and Sarah and Kiki, the, their afternoon talk show. He did that. Then a day or two later, he flew out to the West Coast to perform with the full band on Jimmy Kimmel, and then he came back to be with Trisha when she performed at Town Hall. Um, I don't doubt it. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's nuts. I would have been like, okay, band, go. Because it's like na- Trisha's band, and I'll get into this in a minute. Trisha's band is like 90% the Stillwater, Garth's band. So, yeah. so uh, <laughs> I would have been like, okay, I'm going home. Nope. We waited at the stage door. Here comes Trisha with Garth on uh, on her arm. And uh, and she was pulling him. So we know who's whipped. <laughs> uh, oh, we knew that anyway. Yeah. He'll, he'll admit that. Yeah. So, so it was fun. Uh, so that's crazy. Trisha, I gotta say, blew me away. Saw her at the town hall. The town <coughs> hall itself. I would love to dig into like what the difference is between an auditorium and a theater, but it's more it's a more auditorium feel. I think I texted you. It really kind of feels like the Ryman. Yeah. And um, my God, I'll t- I'll be honest, and I love Trisha to death, and Team Garth and Team Trisha don't. Don't hold this against me, but her trying to do the middle of the arena shows and everybody going to the bathroom, it was awful. <laughs> I didn't realize then that she wasn't on her best game in those arenas. I mean, she did excellent. She kicked ass. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, I was blown away in that theater, in that you know, 2,000, 3,000 seat theater. Yeah, sometimes it's the smaller theaters like that that really gets you to see how great an artist is. But I have a theory, and we're the music universe, and I want to posit this theory, okay? we got 10 minutes left, so I want to be quick about this. But I think it's because Trisha's songs are story songs. They are vocal-driven. And if you listen to Trisha music, very, very infrequently is there a hook that you can latch onto. You just have to dig into the intricacies of the music um, right. rather than the hook itself. I don't think that works well in an arena. 
and it works beautifully in theater. And I, I'm not speaking just on Trisha. I'm speaking in general. There are right. like I wouldn't want to go see Roger Hodgson from Supertramp. Uh, you know, take the long way home, breakfast in America. I wouldn't want to see his music in an arena. I wouldn't want to hear his music in an arena. I don't think it would translate as well. Um, so I think that's why. I think that's why, because her voice could soar more in a smaller space. And it just it just sucks because she does deserve to be seen by tens of thousands of people at a time. But really, the arenas, I realized, did her a disservice. She blew me away. If I wasn't a Trisha fan before, and I was, I'm even more so now because holy crap. And she told stories. She she broke pregnancy news for somebody. She kept going back to that person. Um, let's see. I actually took notes real quick. She broke pregnancy news. Oh, tell me I lost my notes. I think you lost your notes. She broke pregnancy news. Um... What else? Uh, did I put it in in an email? Yeah, I think I put it in my in a in a Gmail somewhere. I mean, what do you think, of Trisha? While I'm searching this, what do you think of her music and my assessment there? Um, I I think you're spot on, dude. Um, you know, sometimes stadiums and big arenas, they're great. You can sell them out, but the sound often bounces or just isn't perfect, and it may not be in a in a smaller venue either, but you can often uh, dial it in a little better. Yeah. And um, hear more crisp vocals than you can from an arena or a stadium. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I haven't seen her solo. I've only seen her, you know, with Garth. But um, I'd like to. I, I think she'd put on a great show and, uh, yeah. you know. So but, she... But he, he didn't make a surprise appearance? Nope. Never does, apparently. But it would overshadow her. Let's be honest. Yeah. It really would. Yeah, it would. Yeah, um, you're right. Real quick, because actually on my card, I only have 14 minutes left. So we're going to try to keep this to 13 minutes. Um, she, so <laughs> she breaks this pregnancy news. She films something for this girl. Her name was Casey, not Katie. So she called her. Uh, she did Casey sitting on her old front porch and referenced her. But she did. Oh, nice. She broke the news. And then she said, OK, this next song's for you. Uh, dedicated to you and your baby, we're going to do Walk Away Joe. And the whole audience fell over laughing because they knew what Walk Away Joe is about. So, oh, and then a little subtle joke. And she was talking to the people who yelled out to her. And somebody from my section, I was in the balcony. I paid to go. I didn't get press tickets or anything. I wanted to see this. Somebody from the audience, New York, thick New York accent, upper balcony. Does she scream? Does he scream out? I love you, Trisha. You're so hot, Trisha. I love your voice. No, Trisha. I love your short rib recipe. <laughs> I... There you go. Only a New Yorker, dude. <laughs> and it was a guy. Who? <laughs> <laughs> what did she say? Well, thank you very much. I think she was she was very happy about that, and it was fun. I recommend anybody nice. go see her, even if you were at the even if you were at the Garth tour and used her set as to as the bathroom breaks, but we're still tapping your toe. Go see her because she's amazing, and you really see that saw that because she interacted with fans and talked to people directly. You could see why Garth fell in love with her. She is a wonderful oh, yeah. singer. 
an, a badass singer and a wonderful person. So you know, I've I've just recently got I'd say most of her catalog. I, I've had a few over the years, and then it's been in the last year that I've really, you know, I picked them up, whether it be from Amoeba Hollywood or Discogs online, you know, whatever. But I I've been picking up a lot of her old catalog, and, and I have uh, to say, powerful. I have to say about the band, it was Jimmy Mattingly, Vic, uh, Jimmy Mattingly, Johnny Garcia, Steve Cox. Only the bassist and the drummer were not Garth people. The wall of sound was intact. It was Vicky Hampton, Robert Bailey, and Karen uh, Karen Rochelle. It was ninety percent Garth people. So, so to see Jimmy without a hat playing fiddle on Frank Sinatra standards, that's worth the price alone. If nice. you're like a real Garth and Garth enterprise nut and want to see his band doing something really interesting let alone how awesome trisha is yeah go see it i'm really happy i did and, and you uh you kind of uh met them afterward right uh, yeah yeah I, I stay around but that's a conversation for another day go visit our grooming episode <laughs> um hey uh, you can be a fan and you can be a fan yes you can all right, let's go. let's talk about. I watched the first episode of Heartstrings. I watched Jolene. It's basically Christmas. It's basically Hallmark movies. You know, it's oh, that yeah, perfect yeah. cozy time of year for those cheesy movies. Um, Jolene was great. It's Juliana Huff, uh, uh, who is amazing as an actress and a singer, with Kimberly Williams Paisley, who is who. The best thing I can say about her is she's married to Brad Paisley. Um, Wow. And then Dolly Parton is Dolly Parton. So, Kimberly Williams-Paisley, I don't know if this was not the right role for her because she was great in Nashville, but, oh my God, she is like overacting in this movie. But Juliana Huff's performance was really, really, um, really authentic and really great. And if you like those kinds of cheesy movies, it was great. And I also promise that coming up, uh, we will have, in time for the holiday season, I'm not going to promise... A week or anything, but in time for the holiday season, I will finish, and we will do a review of the Ken Burns, uh, uh, of the Ken Burns country music. country music. I say in time for the holiday seasons. It might be New Year's, but we'll have. Oh, yeah, because I still have to watch them. I have not. I bought the Blu-ray, but I've not watched any of them. You know what we have to do? We both have to do homework. We just have to set aside a weekend yeah. after I get back from the cruise and just watch all sixteen hours. I, I agree. I, I am actually more interested in the country 80s and 90s that I like, but I, I need to watch the whole thing because it really takes you to the history way back and it takes you all the way through like the mid-90s. So it, I'm kind of surprised it stops at the mid-90s and doesn't go even further where it got changed with EDM being uh, you know thrown in the mix there. So I'm a little surprised it stopped where it did. It stops at the 90s? I thought it goes up to 2012 when you started uh, producing it. I'm pretty sure I it goes up to 2012. believe so. Oh. I thought they said it cuts off at Garth in the mid-90s. No, I think Garth's the second episode. I think. I'm not uh, sure. Uh, just hang on a sec. Oh, no. Fact-checking. All right. I got the Blu-rays in front of me. All right, know it all. Oh, that's me. Um, so, volume one, 
is beginnings to 1933. Right. Episode 2 is 33 to 45. Okay. Episode 3 is 45 to 53. Episode 4 is up to 63. So you're looking at a, ten, you know, a decade each disc. Uh, then we go 64 to 68. So they shorten it there. 68 to 72, 73 to 83, then 84 to 96. Hmm. So I, I'm just interested to know why they stopped there. Well, that's sad. still a lot of country in there. There is. Well, that's for another episode, as is, uh, as is a lot of other stuff, but I think that's it for today. We covered a lot of ground today. I'm Matt Bailey. And I'm Buddy Ice.